before I read the text this morning, let me start by saying what I have experienced and, and, and what led to, to what I'm about to share this morning. Two years ago, we went along with my wife, Victoria, most of you have seen how she's been here. We went to visit the father. Grandfather is 85 years old. Very unusual in our nation, Liberia. And I experienced something that gave me the message that I'm about to share this morning. We went to see grandfather. He's been aging, he's been ailing, and he, he's getting old. And, 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 and as we walk in to, to go and, and visit with him and took some coffee and some other stuff for him, grandfather looked at me and said, do you know this woman? Referring to my wife. And I said, what happened? He said, do you know this woman? She's my daughter. And I said, but grandfather, she's my wife. But something was happening with grandfather that I want to talk about this morning. And I realized that it's happening with us Christians today. With age, as we get older, there is, there is a disease called dementia. And the producers are summer. I am not a medical practitioner, but what I've learned from, from, from that disease and what uh, medicine told me, the science told me is that as you get older by 65, the disease attacks your nervous system. And what happens to you is that you, 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 you start forgetting things that, that, that you need to remember. Your mind begins to depreciate and, and, and you forget where you come from. You forget direction. You even forget your own name. And as I look at grandfather, I realize that grandfather has forgotten. In fact, the next time we went back, grandfather asked my wife, who was this man? This was the man who who took his daughter's hand and said, this is your wife. And this is not only practical, but it's also spiritual in a, in a sense. And I want to talk about this morning because I sense in the body of Christ that we're quick to forget what God has done good for us. I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking Now this morning, if, 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 if no one here understands what I'm about to say, I want to preach to myself because I want to be grateful to God. Because I know where he took me from. And there is a spiritual dementia. The spiritual awesome in the body of Christ. Because we quick to forget. When it's all good and, and when things are going fine, we lift our hands and begin to praise God. But in the midst of toughness, when, when things get so difficult, we forget to know that God is still God. Come with me this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is our text. And I'll read. This is called the history of the children of Israel. Moses 
is leading the children of Israel now, entering the promised land. And he want to remind them. He want to remind them. Of the great God who led him from Egypt to the Red Sea. And, 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 and because of his grace, they crossed the Red Sea. And he said to them, I want to let you know that God is able to finish the journey he has started. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's read God's word this morning. Let's, let's read God's word this morning. In verse 1, he said, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that ye may live multiplied and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord that God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. To humble thee and to prove thee, and to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wilt keep his commandment or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna which thou knew not. Neither did thy father know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. Thus men live. Thy remnant walked not all upon thee, neither did thy foot swear these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord God chasteneth thee. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandment of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to hear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee to a good land, a land of brooks of water of fountain, depth that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, Vines of fig trees and promulgates, a land of olive oil and honey. And a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarcity. And thou shalt lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hill thou mayest dig rise. The Bible says in verse 10, When thou hast eaten, my God, and thou fall, and thou shalt bless the Lord, thy God, for the good land he has given thee. Now in verse 11 he says, Beware. That thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandment and the judgment, his statue, which I commanded this day. Beware that you don't forget. There is a Russian proverb that I want to read to you quickly as I continue. And I want you to listen to that. The Russian proverb says, he who lives in the past lose an eye. He who lives in the past lose an eye. He who forgets the past lose both eyes. He who remembers the past of course gains both eyes. So you see how it's important to remember. That's why this morning I want to share with you briefly on the theme, reasons to remember. Reasons to remember. 
Like Moses this morning, we are standing and saying to you all, remember what God has done for you. The book of Deuteronomy marks a turning point in the history of God's chosen people. God is faithful to his covenant. To those who he called to carry out his purpose of redemption in the world. For the years they were being taught many unforgettable experiences in the wilderness. Moses led them out of the slavery into Mansana. Where the Lord was giving, Moses says that the people will face many new temptations as they enter into the promised land. So he decided to remind them of God's faithfulness. But above all, Moses realized that he was going to the end of his age. And as an old man, it's your duty to remind the younger generation. And I want to speak this morning especially to the younger generation in the house. There is a progress in Africa that says that what the old man see sitting, a young man will not see while standing. And sometimes young people don't understand where God took us from. Sometimes young people don't understand this God we are talking about. This young people don't understand that this God is the same God yesterday. The God who put roof on our head. The God who put food on our table. The God who put clothes on our back. This God, young people don't understand this God. And so they lose touch with this God. Moses was aging. Moses was aging and he decided to talk to the children of Israel. He reminded them of the heritage. That they are God's special people. So this morning, let me give you reasons why you have to remember. Reason number one, I won't be, I'll be alone before you this morning because I want us to, to spend some time in prayer. Reason number one, why do I need to remember? Because of what God has done. That's so simple. I need to remember because of what God has done. I don't know who is here this morning don't have a testimony. I have one testimony that I know I was sinking deep in sin far from the people's shoulder. And God rescued me, my God, and brought me to safety. I don't know about you this morning. I am talking about the grace of God that was abundant in your life. What he has done. What he has done. The songwriter said, when I think of the goodness of God and all he has done for me, my soul cries out loud. A simple reason, simple reason. Why do I need to remember? Because of what God has done. Oh my God, I don't know what you hear. I'm saying this morning, church. All that you need to do is to reflect what God has done for you. It's to look back and see where, oh my God, where he took you from. Maybe if you don't have a testimony this morning, I have a testimony. 
If you don't have a testimony this morning, I have a testimony. I know my God is so faithful. I know my God is so faithful. He took me from sin and he brought me to the shoulder. He transferred the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I don't know me this morning, but my God is faithful. What is Reason number one, what God has done. Now let's see in the context of the children of Israel. What has he done for them? In our text, the Bible says that he led them. He led them. And what I see here is God's providence. He guarded them. He protected them. He led them. The Bible says that he caused confusion to take place in Egypt. And that confusion did not affect the children of Israel. He led them from slavery to the promised land. I don't know about you this morning, but I see that God is leading us. Your life is not your own. The journey you are going through is not your own. God is leading you. He's working with you. That's why you stay alive. You don't hear me. You don't hear me, church. You don't hear me, church. You are being bought with a price. You're not your own. Listen to me. There are things that happen to other people. And they died. It happened to you. And you stay alive. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. There are conditions people go through they don't survive. There are conditions some people go through they don't survive. But God allowed you to go through that condition and you survive. He led them. He led them. He led them. He led them. I hear him at the Red Seas when things were going offhand and they were crying to Moses, why did you bring us here? Church folks, I understand. If you want to hear all the complaints, come to the church. If you want to hear all the people that complain, come to the church. Church folks complain a lot. Instead of all praying, we complain a lot. My God, if God said it, he's going to do it. If God promised, he's going to fulfill it. If God called them to leave Egypt, he will take them to the promised land. And Moses said to them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This Egyptian you are seeing, you will see them no more. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I don't know what you are going through this morning. I don't know why they're chasing you this morning. I don't know what you are facing this morning. But I speak prophetically this morning that those things that are chasing you, they're going to stop in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 He led them. 
He led them. He led them. You see the providence of God. Yeah. Yeah. He also protected them. He protected them. The Bible says he preserved them. For 40 years. Their shoes did not worn out. Their clothes remained shining. I don't know what I, sometimes you think when people look at you and wonder how you are making it. Now let me come home a little bit. You need to sit sometime and look at yourself. And think of your age, mate. And see how God has been faithful to you. One day I was walking on the street of Morovia. And I saw a friend. We all graduated from the Bible college. But this friend had been going through some tough times. He took a sermon with one church and the the bishop had a problem with him, so they posted him somewhere in the village. And he had already been going through tough times. And I ran to him downtown Monrovia. And he stopped. He looked at me. He said, Brother Jackson, is this you? And something came to my mind. And I need to be grateful for what God is doing in my life. Some of us are not content with what God has placed you. You are not content with what God is doing in your life. The Bible says he humbled them to test their loyalty and sincerity. I heard someone say, when God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. Every time God takes you to a situation in your life, he's well able to take you through it. The good thing about God, the good thing about testing, I get to understand as a teacher, test is for a time. You don't hear that. Every time you go up an examination, it's either for two hours or three hours. And when the time is over, you have to hand in your paper. You don't hear me. You don't hear me, church. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. Whatever you are going through, it's for a time. When you go through an examination, it's for a time. Probably some of you have two hours to go through the examination. Maybe some of you have three hours. Listen to me, church. I got to understand when God said two years and two years. He led them. He presented them, but the Bible says he also tested them. To know what is in your heart. To know their sincerity. To humble them. He test. It's for a time. And God desired is that we should pass the test. Oh, you don't hear me. He desired that we should pass the test. All you need in time of testing is the ability to wait. You don't hear me. 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 What you need when you're going through time of testing is the ability to wait. Because the Bible said, then I wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Yeah. 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 And not only that, 
He gathered them with, 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 with providence, but the Bible says he provided food for them. He fed them. He fed them. He fed them. He fed them. He gave them physical manna from heaven. He fed them. Listen to me today. And I'll be saying that over again. Every time I come to America and, 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 and go through from one state to another and see what is going on here. Mahabridge. Yesterday I went with Bishop to the hospital to take grandma. And I walked in her room and I saw all the machines. Just for one patient. One patient. All the machines. The nurses checking on her. Doctors are checking. If you go to our highest medical hospital in Liberia, there were days I took church members to the hospital. And why in the emergency room over five persons died because they could not be admitted? Five persons in a row, I will count to them. They bring this person in and they say, well, we have no room. That person just collapsed and died. Sometimes we don't know what God is doing for us. We don't appreciate what God is doing for us. We don't appreciate what God placed us. We don't appreciate what God put in our hand. Because you are not seeing the other side of life. He provided food for them. The people around the world today, they don't have food to eat. I was here doing the Thanksgiving. And I know the amount of food that, that we threw away during the Thanksgiving. Just for that one day. One day. Our children in Africa don't have one regular meal a day. Not only with physical food, but with spiritual food. Because Moses said, man cannot live by bread alone. The Bible also said that he supplied waters in abundance. I love the rock. What God has done for you today, I want to ask you, what has he done for you today? He's in control of, of historical events. And I want to go back to that. I understand when, when we look at what is happening in the world today, we tend to be confused. Is God already in control? We were praying for, 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 for Sudan. I have two students from Southern Sudan in my class. And what we do as a, as a, as a normal routine, every time we start classes, every semester, we give testimony of our country. And this fellow from Sudan was giving testimony of Sudan. He was telling us 
the desire they have to serve God and to give to God. Even the story was funny, but, but, but what I learned from that story was, 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 was the moral and the desire to give. He said the people are in Sudan, they are afraid because, because they have these people who raid their cattle. Their life is, is all cattle, so they have to protect their cattle. So everyone carried guns. He said they came to church, the pastor himself were carrying guns. The land that the children, the land that people in Israel now are there. Because I remember when I was in Israel 2011, we went to Solomon Temple to pray. I saw these this young girls and boys with, with, the, with the arms on their back and they were praying. So in Sudan, he said when they go to church and about to take offering like we did this morning, some people give gunshots. We want to give, but we don't have, we don't have money. So they gave gunshots. They gave ammunition. I'm glad this morning I'm standing here as a, as a point of contact for Sudan to pray for Sudan this morning. The gospel needs to penetrate. Listen to me. If we go back historically, Sudan and, 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 and the area in the north, Tunisia and Morocco, these were Christian nations in the past. They were evangelized, they were Christian nations. And the Muslims came, the Islamic religion came, and wiped Christianity out. Today, we want to replant the churches in the area. Is God in control? Is God in control? I said, yes, this morning. The world may be shaking, even may be seen in every place. But God is in control. Yes. When you turn on the news, you don't hear good things. The good things are for the people that, that, that give news. They don't give good news. They talk about evil. And so we are tempted to find out as to whether God is truly in control. But I said to you this morning, God is God in history. No matter what happened, God is in control. He's leading us. In the end, God, Jesus Christ will be glorified. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He will be crowned kings of kings and lord of lords. He will sit on the throne and will give you all the glory, the power, and the dominion. Yes, Evil may prevail, but God is in control. Yeah. That's why we must give him praise. That's why we should remember. Remember, in a wilderness, it was a testing experience, as I said. But you know what happened? I got to understand. Before the crown, there is a cross. If you are not bruised, you will not be blessed. They were all at tears before the testimony. God allowed them to go through the willingness for a cross. Because in the end, God knew those that were sincerely serving him. There is all a blessing. Listen to me this morning. God is saying to us, Remember God in high times of the past and do not forget God 
in the good times in the future. I say that again. Remember God in the hard times of the past. And do not forget God in the good times in the future. There was that tendency for us. Oh my God, I don't know what word to use. To be hyper spiritual. When it's all going well for us. When everything is on coast, like, like the plane is, 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 is taking off from the wrong way, and it's now in the air and it's going, and, and the pilot will say, well, you know the pilot can leave the plane, just walk all around. The plane resetting station in the air. The pilot don't have to even bother it because it's not being led by the wind. When some of all, are, we reach that stage in our spiritual life, and everything is fine. Oh, my God. You open your fridge, you have enough food. You have a good job. Your bank account is fine. You have a car to ride. And then you are the first in church on Sunday morning. And you sit on the front row. And you praise on top of the voice. But what happened when those things, when the things that happened to you change, what happened to you? I discussed, I concept him a book here I call the betrayer barrier. When you feel God has betrayed you, what is happening to me? Like I shared last night in that hospital, we were building a church. And I said, God, I'm building your house. And I watched my sister die. I felt God has betrayed me. But he's the same God yesterday. He'll be the same God today. He'll be the same God tomorrow. Remember God in the hard times of the past. And do not forget God in the good times in the future. Take that, take that. Take. It's for me, it's, I, whenever I see God blessing me, I, I stop and think where he took me from. Because of what God has done. God is saying to you. You owe him something because he has, done so, he has done so much for you. So the second thing I want to talk about this morning, what we need to remember, not only what God has done, we need to remember because of what God expects of us. What God expects of us. Verse 10, what he expects of us. Not what he has done, but what he expects of us. This place is what I want to lay emphasis this morning. When thou hast eaten out of food, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the God, for the good land he has given you. Verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. In not keeping his commandment and the judgment, his statute which I command you this day. What God expects of us? What is God's expectation? The first thing God expects that we don't forget. Amen. Spiritual, dimensional, spiritual, awesome. That's found in the body of Christ. People forget easily. We forget that God has been good to us. In the face of challenges, we wonder, we ask God, where is this God? What God expects. 
That's why we need to work on our mind this morning, church. We need to reactivate our mind this morning to remember where God took us from. Tell me not going to praise us. You need to stop and remember where God took you from. I know some of you have a testimony to give. Ten years ago, twelve years ago, before you came to the church, you knew where God took you from. And how far he has brought you. God has not to forget. God said to the children of Israel, when I bring you to this good land, and you have eaten and you have fallen. That, 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 that. You know, I don't know how to say this, but, 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 but. it's so interesting that, that, that when, when people, people have so much, they tend to, 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 to not appreciate who gave the plenty. They, they don't appreciate where it came from. He said, when, you, when I bring you to this land and, and you build good horses, and you have eaten and you have fallen, then you forget. It's very easy. It's very easy. You may ask, how can I praise the Lord and still forget God? Now listen to me. Each of all that are seated here this morning, we, 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 we are born in tradition and born in culture. Every time we go for a meal, we say grace. It's a normal thing we say grace. But let me tell you, some people say that grace because daddy said we should say grace. My kids, we are coming up. Every time we go pray, the small one, we all try to pick fault on the big one. One time we were praying and said, Daddy, we were praying. Uh, Polly never closed her eye. I said, How do you know you should be praying? He said, But I smell her. How can you smell somebody when you're praying? Instead of seeing her, I said, I smell her. Just to cause confusion. Some of us said that prayer because Daddy said we should say the prayer. But if you sit before that meal then, and begin to imagine the children in Sudan. The children in Malawi, the children in Liberia, the children in Guinea, they are not eating for days. I've got to understand, I'm not American, but, but, but African in this country, you don't eat because you're hungry, you eat because it's time to eat. Most of the time, we decide what to eat. Yes, but if I have just a bowl of rice with one kind of soup, I have no choice. That's what I have. I must eat. We can be praising God, yet we forget God. Because we see it as a religious obligation. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me make a little bit of progress. Listen to me. What does the passage mean by forgetting God? What does it mean by forgetting God? It means 
forgetting the history of what God has done for them, both the lessons of the hard time and the blessings of good times. I'll go over that. What does it mean to forget God? It means forgetting the history of God, what God has done for them, both the lessons of hard times and the blessing of good times. That's what we say when you forget God. I got to understand the worst thing that can happen is to forget one another. I'll give you a practical example. If you lost your lost one, five years, you start thinking. Ten years, a little bit. Twenty years, you are there in the swimming pool. As though they were never part of your family. 30 years. Unless you tell your grandchildren, they even know their grandfather. That's what happened in the body of Christ. We forget God. We lose touch with God's goodness. We forget God. As though he had, he had, he had done nothing for us. It's so painful. That's the most humiliating thing that can happen to anyone that you are forgotten. Listen to me. Listen to me. How do you feel if you walk in a summit of people and nobody picture you? Nobody pick you up. You're just walking. No one, no one cares for you. People just forget about you. And, and your presence means nothing. Are you with me this morning? Are you getting a picture? These are your friends. All of you move together and do things in common. Now you walk in a mess and they don't care you are there. Your presence is not felt. The how we treat God sometimes. We forget. When we forget the history of what God has done for us, both the lessons of the heart the lessons of the hard time. Maybe some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I've seen hard times. I've touched hard times. I live with hard times. I've felt it. I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you a story. I'm telling you the day there were days in our life as a family. We could not afford food to eat. We had to live at the mercy of other people to feed us. You know what I mean? You marry, you have children, and you are waiting for handout. But these were days when we used to sing, My hope is better than nothing less. These were days we used to sing the song, Jesus never failed me yet. We equally need to remember God in the blessing of our good time. Today I see God taking me from nation to nation and I look back and say, God, I'm grateful. To forget a person 
Mr. Luke touched with that history, the story of that person. Luke touched with relationship. It's, like I said, it's, it's so painful. But people forget about you. It's painful. It's painful. In the case of the children of Israel, as we make progress this morning, forgetting here is a moral disobedience. Because God told them to remember and they are forgotten. So it's a sin. He put it that way. It's a moral disobedience. When you forget God, it's a moral disobedience. And now you do that, you fail, to, you fail to observe God's command. Memory in the past, memory in the Old Testament is linked to obedience. It is possible to be enjoying the material blessings of God and yet be living in fundamental and forgetful disobedience. You can be enjoying everything God has given you. And you forget to remember that God is good. You know why when Jesus came to this earth, he sided with those that were downtrodden. The outcasts. People that were hated by the society. One reason. When you are down, you see God most. If you don't have, you see God most. And let me say this. And I speak as an African pastor. Many people come from Africa, come to America. They were very good Christians. I knew them back home. I come to America here and I realize some of them tell, Pastor, I'm not going to church for the last two years. What has happened? I'm working. You know, I had to work two jobs to pay my bill, to keep the light, to keep there, to keep that. When you're in Liberia, you're also paying bills. And you were going to church. What has happened? Abundance. There was this, 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 this writer, he said in our quote. He said, there is a balancing truth in the Old Testament concerning economic matters in Israel history. That sufficiency generates praise, but surplus generates pride. Sufficiency generates praise, but surplus generates pride. When it's sufficient, we praise God. But we have more than enough. Oh my God. You woke up in the morning and you just put the key in the car to start. You know, like, you know how to be a pastor. We are, I, I, come and push my car. I know a bishop or someone I'm talking to. And, 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 and you know, if you want to eat something, you just walk to the microwave. You know, they have only they only the auto. You have press the people they talk. You put the food there. You give it five minutes, and then you walk around a little bit. So then you get on the phone, or maybe you send some text, and it reminds you. You say, "Pip pip pip, I'm ready." You get your food and eat. 
Man, in Liberia, you have to go in the market, buy the food, and buy charcoal. And you light the fire. Maybe it takes you an hour to do that. Someone, you know, come to Liberia with Bishop and see what I'm talking about. When you come back, you will change. You say, God, I must appreciate what you're doing for me. Sufficiency generate praise. Surplus generate pride. Think of that. As we come to the close of the message this morning, there is an economic system in our, in our, in our society. Economic system has been introduced by the world system. People sit down and think about, about system, about structures to work through. The capitalists design a system that when you work for anything, you should enjoy it. That's capitalism. What your hand have is, is for you. Because you struggle for it, so you use it the way you feel. It is mine. Capitalism. In the economy of God, it's not like that. The Bible says this morning, in verse 18, look with me in verse 18, verse 18 of our text quickly, verse 18, quickly. The Bible says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy father as it is this day. So what we say today in our time because of capitalism, we say to ourselves, my hand, my, 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 my mind, my, my cleverness, because I, I'm, I'm so smart. And because of that, whatever my hand gets, I use it. The Old Testament is not saying that you should not work. He's not speaking against hard work. But he's saying to you that whatever that your hand produces is given to you by God. So that he will confirm his covenant that he established. It is he who will give you the power to get wealth. You don't work because you want to earn the money to live. Oh my God. Miles Monroe in his book talk about how people are living. And forgetting to know that whatever God gets all is intended to bless his kingdom. That's what many of us are going through, the, the, what we're going through, because whenever you receive the money and you want to use it on yourself, you'll never get enough. It'll never be enough. Resources are always limited. Until you give God what belongs to God and then he, he multiplies what left in your hand. The Bible says he will give you power and strength to produce wealth. So all the human gave the abilities along the life, along with all material resources, they all come from God. It is God who gave the ability. So how to avoid this? He said, remember the Lord and recognize that 
what you are having come from God. Oh, Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord. Everything in it. But as we close this morning, I said, reason number one, you need to remember God because of what he has done. And we should remember God because of what you expect of him. But finally, we should remember God because of what he will do. What God will do. And what he will do has two components. Component number one is negative. Second is positive. I know when you hear what God will do, your mind runs on to the positive. What God will do. Your mind runs the positive. But here, let me emphasize. The positive is that in verse 7 to 9, what God will do, the Bible says that God will honor his promise, verse 7 to 9, God will honor his promise by bringing Israel to the promised land. God will honor his promise. God will honor his promise. And in that promise, he says that the natural resources, the, 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 the blessing of the land, you will enjoy the blessing. And it's intended so that you can respond in praises. I will allow you to be blessed, to enjoy the fruit of the land, so that in respond you can praise God. I will allow you once you are obedient, you will enjoy. And so I tell the people back home in Liberia that obedience brings abundance. Obedience brings abundance. But there is a negative aspect I want to talk about also. The negative aspect is in verse 19 to 20. Now let's let read that. Let's read that quickly as we, as, we, as we close this morning. And it shall be, if thou do, do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. What God will do, listen to me, our God is a God of mercy, but yet he's the God of justice. Our God is a God of grace, but yet he's a God who executes justice. He said to the children of Israel, if you forget what I've done for you, I'm water should I will cause you to possess the land. I am the same God who will cause you to dispossess the land. And God said, I swear, I'm saying on an oath that if you forget me, I will cause the enemy to dispossess you. Sometimes we take the grace of God for granted. God will help us. The God who caused us to possess the land can also cause us to dispossess the land. So this morning, I want to I want to encourage you to remember what God has done, what God expects of us, 
and what God will do. Think of your salvation. Think of your family. The work. The car. The life. You know, when I leave Africa and travel to the U.S., with all the sophistications that are here with medicine, technology, and everything, people still died. People still died. People still die. In this country, people still die. That's why we need to be grateful to God that God is keeping on alive. What the Lord expect of us is to keep in constant relationship with our God. I'm not talking about putting your name on the church roster. I'm talking about your personal relationship. Church folks can get mad sometimes and, and, and they forget that it's important to be hooked up with God. Whatever you do, keep your relationship with God. Finally, my prayer is that we will remember so that he will bring us to the land he has promised us. May God cause today for you to come to your place of prominence. May he bring you to the place today where you can stay and say, God, I want to praise you. May he bring you to the place today where you can look back and say, because of what he has done for me, I have a cause to praise the Lord. And because we have a tendency to forget that what Jesus told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. As you walk that journey, always keep in touch. Be mindful of your relation, relationship with me. Do this in remembrance of me. And I'm certain this morning, that's why the Lord's Supper is set before us. Because we want to remember his suffering and all he did for us. I don't know about you this morning, but if you're here this morning, you want to join you in prayer. You say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Join me in prayer that God will cause me not to forget. We can pray this morning. We can join you in prayer this morning so that we can pray that you will remember. Ask permission from Bishop. You can come up here that we can pray for you. So, God, help me this morning. I don't want to forget. You have done so much for me. I don't want to forget this morning. You have, you have blessed me so much. I don't want to forget this morning. I want to remember you in my hard times and I want to remember you in my good times. God made my, my surpluses. Don't generate pride. Father, help me this morning. Wherever you are this morning, come, come. Come. It's a spiritual disease that we want to, we want to, we want to work against this morning. It, come, it comes so easily. We don't even know that you are doing that. And it's shut in. It's coming. 
Come on this morning. Come this morning. Come this morning. Every stage of your life, you remember that God brought you through. Come on this morning. 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 Come this morning. That we will pray this morning. God will have mercy upon us. Sometimes we forget God easily. We lose touch with him. We lose touch with him. We feel as though he's nowhere around us. Our actions, our behaviors, our attitudes. Father, we thank you this morning. Come on this morning. There's no more room. There's more room at the cross. There's more room at the cross. There's more room at the cross. Oh God, we thank you this morning. 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 Have mercy upon us, God. Sometimes we lose touch with you, oh God. We forget our relationship with you, oh Father. I stand this morning and say, God, have mercy upon me, oh Father. Yes, Lord. God, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning. Wherever you are this morning, whether you are standing before here or behind, wherever you are, just lift your hand and begin to worship the Lord in the house. Because each of us this morning we have felt God. Each of us this morning we have forgotten. Oh, Father, we are not in touch with God. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice this morning. Lift up your voice and cry to the Lord this morning. Cry to the Lord this morning. And say, God, have mercy upon me. I don't want you to dispossess me. Don't dispossess me. Don't dispossess me, Lord. Don't remove my inheritance from me. God, I want to reach the promised land. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah.